The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Colin II, and with me as always via Zoom is... Is Matthew... Stargirl... Stripe... Shiny Knight... Uh, Our Man... Wildcat... Uh, Dugan... House. That's a long name. It is. They get longer each each time, so. Yeah. Do you have to go down to the office, like, you know, and change your name each week? Yeah, it's pretty expensive, actually. Um, I've, I've pretty much gone bankrupt because of it, but, you know, it's fun. That, that's just a reminder, folks. We do have a, uh, a, a Patreon. Um, which would help Matt immensely with changing his name. Yeah, it can, it can cover the cost instead of having to, you know, go into my own piggy bank, which you know I don't have a, a physical piggy bank, and I'm not six, but like a metaphorical piggy bank, just so I can go change my name every week, you know. Yeah, metaphorical piggy bank. That's the name of my new band. <laughs> So are they going to open up for uh, was it Jeff um, Jeff Garland's butt crack and um, and, uh, and, uh, and Gator Smoke? <laughs> I'm still working on some Gator Smoke songs. Yeah. I'm I, I just need I need like I need to get my equipment back up and running. That's the problem. I need to get my guitar electric guitars fixed, my recording equipment, so I can I can really turn out some jam band music here. Gator smoke, you know, do like yes. a concert at the year or something like that. Um, once, like, well, um, once that happens, you're gonna have to check out our T public because I am working on a Gator yeah. smoke T-shirt. It's gonna take me yeah. a bit to get to, so but uh, I've been busy with other things, but I, I will get to it soon, folks. I promise. So if you're waiting on the Gator smoke T-shirt, <laughs> trust me, the wait will be worth it. Yes, um, it will. Yes. So um, today on the show we are covering two DC television series um, that aired this week. We have the season premiere, season two premiere of Stargirl, which we will be covering first. Also, we will be covering the latest episode of season six of Legends of Tomorrow. Um, we figured we'd do a little DC doubleheader here, you know? So, um, um, so, Folks, season two of Stargirl 
was entitled Summer School Chapter 1. It's directed by Andy Armaganian and written by the creator of the show, Jeff Johns. Aired August 10th, 2021. Um, so, uh, what's happening here in this episode, Matt? Um, <clears throat> we open up to uh, something that happened decades ago, is what it says. And um, it's it looks like it's from maybe the 1950s or so. There's um, this little girl who wants to go to a birthday party across the street. Um, you know, it's got a lot of people there. It looks really fun. And her mom won't let her go because she was being kind of kind of a brat at the store, I guess. She wanted a doll really bad, but her mom wouldn't buy it for her. So she's basically kind of being grounded. And um, so she goes outside to sulk in like a rocking, like a sort of swing kind of chair. And like this uh, little boy shows up out of nowhere and basically like entices her to go, you know, go to the party. No one's going to notice or whatever. And, um, you know, we soon find out that this boy is pretty much um, <clears throat> acting as like a temptation, like an agent of temptation. Like, like, oh, you know, why don't you go and steal one of the presents? I mean, look, look at all the presents she has. And you didn't get one. It's not fair. So it's kind of like, mm, this is getting kind of weird. Like this kid's like trying to almost entice this girl to like, you know, utilizing her, you know, uh, worst instincts, I guess, if you will, human instincts. So she ends up um, oh, taking one of the presents and uh, his kid's like giddy. He's like, oh, I wonder what it is. Like, he's like, he's like almost like he's excited about what is in the package as much as she is. And then it, it turns out it's like, it's a doll, but it's like all like blackened and deformed. And, uh, and then like, she's like freaking out and it kind of turns normal for a second. And then she, she turns around and the, the kid has like this purple, like gem or something like that. And it kind of glows. And he's like, you've been a bad girl or whatever. And then, and, and then it cuts to um, her mom is like looking for her. And she, you know, she thinks she went to the party, you know, against her, the rules or whatever. And then, you know, she looks over and screams, you don't know what happened to the girl, but something happened to the girl. And then, and then it focuses on a, um, a mailbox. And it says McNider is on the, the mailbox. And then, uh, then it just goes into the present in um, Stargirl yeah. and um, yeah, yeah. But in, in the uh, so 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 in this opening sequence, um, the uh, the car we see in the driveway of the McNiter house is Pat Dugan's car that he has in the future, or at least a car that looks exactly like it. So <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Um, it probably is the same. Yeah, car. yeah. It, it's it's <clears throat> it was interesting too. Like when I first started watching this on, um, I, I almost worried that I had the wrong show on. <laughs> Because I was like, what the fuck is all this? It felt like a, it felt like I was watching like, I don't know, like a Conjuring or Annabelle movie or something like that, you know, at first. It was <laughs> like, I was like, what am I watching? And I, I didn't think it was, had anything to do with Stargirl. And then it, th- then we, then we cut into the actual Stargirl stuff. If it wouldn't have said like CW in the corner of the video I was watching, I wouldn't have thought I had the right video. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Or I thought I was watching the wrong CW show. You know, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it did. Like, is this supernatural or something? Like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, um, so then we cut to we cut to present day and what's happening there. <clears throat> oh, um, 
Stargirl and, and you know the, the team, you know, you got uh, the new Doctor Midnight, you've got the new Wildcat and the new Hour Man, and they're basically just patrolling, um, you know, the town, Blue Valley, and they, they're kind of over it. Like they're like, like, like you know, like they're they're kind of <clears throat> overly confident. They're like, oh, we 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 got rid of the ISA, you know, the town's safe now, and she's like over vigilant so you kind of have like the two extremes going on where a lot of them just kind of want to put it past them like all right we did what we needed to do we're we're done now which is kind of naive to think but um and uh because it's like you know if the if the jsa were able to reform with new people why wouldn't the same be true for the isa you know but um that stands for the injustice society of america kind of DC has this interesting way of making things so literal, and, and like I for for a while I thought that was kind of a, a like a negative thing for them. Like Marvel has like these great names like Thanos, Iron Man, and you know like DC has characters like Elongated Man, and, and like Our Man because he only has power for an hour. But like now, like I almost find it like almost like innocent in a, in a sense like it, these names are just so like literal like the justice society of america the injustice society of america and it's like it's just so like i don't know imagine, just, like, imagine if this was the real world and um like al-qaeda or something instead of calling themselves al-qaeda called themselves the injustice society of america <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean well i think cause back in that back then Sorry, bleh, back if I could talk back then, um, you know, comics were very much more like good and evil is very straightforward. I think the show did do a little bit to kind of make it a little bit more current by basically saying, well, they call themselves the Injustice Society of America not because they think that they themselves are evil, but that they're battling injustice. But I don't think that was the original intention for the name back when the comic books were made. Yeah. I think they were meant to say, these are the bad guys, kid. Like, you know what I mean? But like now, nowadays, that's too simple for most people to get behind. They're like, no. So they're like, okay, well, they're called that ironically, you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny that, uh, that they would do that. I mean, it's, they might as well just be called the good guys and the bad guys. Right. <clears throat> and the, like, Icicle, like, he, like, I feel, I mean, I know he did a lot of bad things, but, like, I feel like Icicle was, like, sort of, like, the, the main, the sort of, like, ideological impetus of the organization. Everyone else kind of had, like, their own motives but he was like the one who was like really had like the goal in mind to like because basically like at the end of last season their whole project was like basically about like eliminating racism and help changing things for the better for climate change like totally not like what you would think like that these bad guys would be like you know and like it, it was all about like you know project new america like you know, we're going to solve racism, we're going to solve climate change, we're going to solve, you know, brutality, and we're going to do that by brainwashing everyone <laughs> into doing the right thing. <laughs> well, it, it's it's kind of like in, 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 in modern, you know, comic book movies and TV shows, it's kind of like the, you know, the, 
it's almost like an altruistic uh, plan here where they're not really thinking what they're doing is bad, even though it is bad. But they their, their goal isn't necessarily bad, but their means are. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like the story last season on Supergirl was kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And um, also the, uh, you know, the whole Thanos thing, like where it's like, oh, you know, I'm getting rid of hap- half the population, so it'll make the people that are left be happy. You know, so it's kind of right. Well, Thanos, yeah. well, with Thanos, though, I think he actually is pretty sadistic because if you think about it, if he if he has the all the Infinity Stones and he could bend reality to whatever he wants, why couldn't he just then make a universe where there would be no famine? Like, why would he have to kill half of all the creatures? Like, if he could do whatever he wants with it, that's 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 the route he chooses. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, well, maybe he's just not too creative in his choices, and that's all he could think of. <laughs> I guess so. Think about it. And plus, too, he could even change the bad things he did to get the stones. So he could be like, all right, well, I killed a lot of people to get the stones, but now I'm just going to return all those people as if I never killed them, so everybody's happy. But then that wouldn't be a really good movie. So, uh, you know. Or they could have just had the TVA come in and change everything. But um, the... Uh... <laughs> exactly. Um, oh boy. So, so anyways, back to Stargirl here. Um Yeah. So so this is like about we'd say about six months after the events of the last season. Um even though it's been like a whole year since the last season ended. <laughs> in our in our reality because of COVID and everything. So Yeah. So we we've got them, you know, doing their little uh their little uh you know, patrolling at night to make sure that no bad guys are around. And, uh, so, uh, we've got a situation here where, um, Pat has planned a family camping trip. (laughs) And, uh, and Pat and, uh, what's the wife's name? I forgot now. (laughs) Oh, it's Bar- Barbara. Barbara <laughs> really want to go, uh, but the kids the kids both don't want to go because they want to stay and take care of some you know JSA business and stuff like that. And um, they uh, but their plans you know are thwarted by the fact that Courtney is assigned to summer school by uh, by um, Harold Sherman, the new uh, high school principal, who took over for Bowen, who's you know, no longer with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, b- prior to that, though, we did have a situation in the school where Courtney almost beat up um, a student, <laughs> Artemis, who is uh, the daughter of what were those characters' names? It's it's been so long since I watched it. I'm trying to remember their well, their names. Yeah, it's fine. It's um, Tigress and Sportsmaster. Yes, she's the daughter of them. So, uh, yeah, she thought she, she was she was just simply trying to return a hockey stick to uh, to to another uh, classmate, but uh, Courtney thought she was being attacked. So, you know, like happens. <laughs> Like I, you, do. I, I, you know, I used to do the same thing to the hockey team when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I beat up <laughs> all of them. 
all those crazy hockey players. Yeah, man. It's, it's easy to beat up hockey players. <laughs> no. And I just kept think, <clears throat> thinking to myself all the time, you know, you, 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 uh, you lose every shot you don't take. You miss every <laughs> shot you don't take. You know, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. That's what I kept thinking to myself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it was so- You're right. Oh, I love that. It's Wayne Gretzky. He's got Michael Scott quoting yeah. Wayne Gretzky. So, um, <laughs> anyways, the uh, the whole uh, that situation. She also had bumped into uh, into Isaac earlier, mm-hmm. um, which will be meaningful later. Um, so. So, anyways, she she failed history and another subject. Even though she said she was gonna, you know, study for it, she was up all night, not really studying. She was just finding out stuff about the about the ISA and the JSA and everything in the basement. Pat had came and talked to her, and it was like, you know, you gotta, you know, prioritize things in life here. You know, it can't be JSA all the time. You know, because like. Like, right. I don't focus on my secret identity all the time. I don't know about you, Matt. Uh, no, not all the time. Um, some of the time, but um, yeah. half the time. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, he's been having the same conversation with her for like the whole first season. That's, that's been kind of bothering me a little bit. I mean, I understand that like they need to plot but it's like if this just draws on for season after season of like the same lesson being taught over and over and over again it's like okay like time to move on to a different plot or something you know because i mean it's it's literally the same exact conversation i guess i mean i guess that's like talking to a teenager so i guess it's, that's you know well, I mean, I mean, it, it <laughs> you know, is, you know, like I when, guess you pretty know, accurate, but um, teenagers, you can tell them the same thing over and over yeah. again and they're not going to listen. So I know I was a teenager. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, me too. So I mean, I was pretty good. I think mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I argued too much, but probably a little bit, but, um, <clears throat> but, um, it's interesting though. Cause she, yeah, she's reading the JSA files and she asked uh, Pat about her Degaton, which is interesting because, that was one of the main characters in, in the first season of Legends of Tomorrow, at least from Earth One, because I think Stargirl takes place in Earth Two. But um and then like she's like, What happened to Perdegaton? And Pat's like, Oh, he was um banished uh banished to an alternate timeline by the Flash and she's like, Okay, whatever that means. I'm starting to wonder though, would that have anything to do with you know, crossover a little bit, like if you know, if the Flash well, banished him to, you not, know, not to spoil things, the timeline, but, not to spoil you know? things, but John Wesley Ship is making an appearance this season on Stargirl, who is you right, know, yeah, Jay, exactly. Jay so, so. <laughs> yeah, so that's I'm really I'm yeah, I'm very much very much looking forward to that. Um, but anyways, that at the end of that scene that we had that we that happened earlier, we had. Uh, the, the Green Lantern started shining. As, oh, yeah, that's right. As, as they went upstairs. So, anyways, um, um, meanwhile, while this is going on, um, Rick is secretly uh, caring for for Grundy. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, somebody he almost killed. 
and is <laughs> and supposedly responsible for the parent his parents' deaths. You know, so it's like yeah, <laughs> so it's weird that he takes such an interest in mm-hmm. yeah, taking care of him now. I think it's because he looked he looked in his eyes when he was about to kill him, and he was so afraid, and he felt sorry for him. You know, <clears throat> and so um, yeah. So, so anyways, uh, um. Beth um, is trying to uh, reboot uh, Chuck while this is all going on. Um, and finds out that her parents are filing for divorce. So um, there's that. You know, we, we didn't have much happening in the first season with Beth, like when it came to like a major drama. She seemed to be in the perfect family and everything seemed to be perfect, but. We're finding out now that her parents are going to get divorced. So we do have that. Right. Plus, well, plus, never... plus, she's losing her best friend in Chuck. So. Right, yeah. Um, and at one point, she ends up uh, creating a, a new, like a fancy romantic dinner for her parents, but they cancel on her and they can't come home for dinner in a really sad scene where she's sitting there eating by herself. And then, uh, she hears Chuck on the, uh, on the old goggles. And, uh, Chuck doesn't remember her and basically says to leave him, leave her, leave him alone, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, so that happened. Um, then we have, um, Yolanda, who is uh, suffering some post-traumatic stress uh, over killing Brainwave. Um, she, uh, she at one point goes into a church, just sits, into, sits in, a, in a confessional, and isn't ready to say anything to the, uh, to the priest. She runs out crying, the priest asks her if she's okay, so we got that going on, you know, and she's, she's just basically dealing with the whole, you know, regret of, de- of killing somebody. You know, mm-hmm. later on, she's uh, Courtney talks to her about it and uh, says says to her that you know, what else could you have done? You know, it was either you or him, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is true. You know, she was basically defending herself. <clears throat> but still, you know, a teenager dealing with the fact that she killed a man is kind of creepy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's like what sixteen, maybe seventeen. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, I don't, um, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, not too many girls I knew had killed somebody. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, if I do remember correctly, he was going to kill her because he accidentally gave himself away, right? Because he he looked like he made himself look like Henry. Yeah, but then he said something like, "I think he, I think his turn of phrase was." Oh, where are your friends? And that was like, well, that's a weird thing for Henry to say. Where are your friends? Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, she knew that it, he was casting like an illusion or whatever, and then slit his throat with the with the uh, cloth. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I don't know. Anyways, so um, so we got that whole story going on with Yolanda. Then uh, we also have a, a scene where um. Our good friend Joel McHale. I don't know. I just like to think of him as my friend. I've never met him or anything, but <laughs> yeah, our good friend. Yep, yep. 
If you're listening to this for any reason, Joel McHale, I'd love to have you on the podcast because I'm a big fan. But yes, um, yes. Uh, so uh, he, uh, you know, looks like uh, looks like Sylvester, aka Starman. Don't know if it's really him or not, but he's he's out there looking for Pat still. He uh, he's in Nevada and asks about Pat from a waitress who is Pat's ex-wife. So that's like the, the one scene we have there with Starman or mm-hmm. Star Starman, quote unquote. Um, so, uh, so time uh, Zeke, the uh, there's also, the, there's a lot going on in this episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we had a uh, Zeke, the, uh, the, the tow truck driver who was going to help out uh, Pat at the, place when pat went on vacation but then the vacation got uh you know uh canceled they were gonna go on a vacation to yellowstone by the way a camping trip to yellowstone um which they called jellystone in there a couple times just as a joke which i think is funny (laughs) which is funny because dc owns uh hanna barbera (laughs) so they have the rights to it if they wanted to call it jellystone they could you know I, I'd, I'd love to see a future episode where Yogi Bear just shows up. Anyway, so um, <laughs> the uh, that would be a really weird episode. Um, um, but you know, Warner Brothers and DC both. Or, uh, Warner Brothers owns uh, DC and uh, Hanna Barbera, so uh, they could do it if they wanted to. Um, <laughs> I mean, Scooby Doo used to hang out with Batman, so. <laughs> Why not Yogi Bear with Stargirl? I'm going to petition for that in season three, okay? <laughs> if that ends up happening by any means, I I, I don't know what I'll do, man. That'll be weird. <laughs> I think they'll owe me money. Anyway, so uh, the uh, so anyways, Zeke Zeke is like helping out at the at the body shop. He ends up finding finding Stripe. In the room that he's not supposed to go into. <laughs> um, he mistakes it for a robot. And suggests some modifications, which he just keeps doing anyways, without... Even though Pat's basically kind of telling him, you know, stay away from that, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> um, so, uh, what else is going on here? We've got... Uh, oh, we, we've got... Um, We got at the end of the episode, Cindy shows back up and is entering the school in in our end scene where uh, she and Eclipso, who I believe is the being that we saw in the first scene. That's my theory on that. Mm-hmm. Um, begin recruiting for a new um, ISA and ca- called Injustice Unlimited. Mm-hmm. We have uh, candidates including Artemis, Cameron, and Isaac. And who else, Matt? Uh, Mike Dugan. Pat's son. Yes. (laughs) Which is... I have a theory about that. Okay, so... uh, The only reason... The only way I can see that happening is... I hope they don't do this because... uh, His friend, Joaquin, is a really good character in the comic books so 
I'm hoping they don't do this, but like what I'm thinking is like the only way that they could get Mike on their side is if Joaquin gets killed or dies, and then they're gonna blame it on the JSA, and then he's jo- gonna be. Is it Joaquin or Joaquin? It's it's Joaquin. Okay. Um, How's it spelled? It's J, um, A, K E E M. I think. Oh, okay. Um, Joaquin. Okay, I thought you. I was. Yeah, I thought. I thought. I, I was just making sure. Okay, cool. Gotcha. <laughs> I think it's Joaquin. Yeah, and um, I hope not though because he because um, well that that pink pen he he's the one that is is able to use that so that pink pen that that um. Courtney took in the first season has to come into play at some point. So I'm hoping that they're not going to kill him because that's the only thing I can think of that would drive Mike bad, basically, to going like on the other side. But who knows? You know, I don't know. But, um, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's about the only thing I can think of. Um, so do you want to take a break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, Legends and then we'll do some speculation yeah, sure. at the end. Okay, we'll be right back. Yeah. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guests every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Hope to see you there. And we are back. Okay, so first off, um, this uh, episode here, we had, um, we forgot to mention something here on the Stargirl thing. At the end, there was a nice little uh, fight between uh, Stargirl and who? And uh, Green Lantern's daughter. Yes. So, who in the comics is known as Jade. So, we'll see where that goes. So, that was a nice little setup. Hopefully, they'll delve into that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on to Legends of Tomorrow. Season 6, Episode 11. Uh, directed by Jess McCallan. Written by James Egan and Ray... Um, Oternichit, 
I don't know how to say that, but anyways. Um, it's called The Final Frame, and originally aired on August 8th, 2021. Um, what's happening here in this episode, Matt? Um, <clears throat> Bayward is um, trying to make um, pot brownies, and he's, he's like failing at doing so. I, I guess he's just weird. I, I assumed he would already know how to do something like that, but maybe he's like trying to cook up a really special batch or whatever. <clears throat> so he, he's, he's not doing it. And then John just shows up and he's, he's basically on like the cocaine equivalent of magic right now. Since, um, he started taking that potion that, that, um, vampire banker, which we, we, we established last time that, you know, there's, there's actually like you know night bankers you know like for vampires like you know you can't you can't go out in the sun go to the vampire banks they'll 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 serve you it's fine and, um so she works there at that establishment I'm guessing and then um blood, he he a, like a blood, offers a blood, uh, blood is right yeah blood <laughs> blood bank yes and uh <clears throat> so he offers to help and he he's like just juiced up you know so his magic is just like can't control it right now because it's more powerful than what he's used to. And so Bayrod's like, okay, no, no thanks. Like, uh, you know, I'll, you know, you might kill me or whatever. And he's like, all right, cool, whatever. And he goes off, whatever, doing his thing. Um, the the uh, Sarah, Mick, Spooner, uh, McRory, sorry, I said right, Rory, um, Astra, sorry, excuse me, is that, is that, was, was there a fifth person? It was Sarah, Mick, Astra, and Spooner. So it was just the four of them. Okay, yeah, they're, they're like I'm um, looking for some the the like the final alien pod, I guess, or whatever, or <clears throat> one of the final ones. And then um, it turns out that there's there's no alien in there, but they they do find like this weird box <clears throat> inside there. It's like glowing stuff like that, and um, they all start, you know, fighting over who's going to solve the puzzle or whatever. And then, um, you know, except for Sarah. And then they end up, like, unlocking it. And then they all get transported to a bowling alley? Yes, it's called Galaxy Lanes. <laughs> it's a bowling alley in space. And uh, they were in Kansas City, Kansas. And I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, she says, uh, Sarah says at one point, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Which, you know, (laughs) so um, when they get there, there's a a friendly old uh, old man who uh, runs the place. Um, There is a uh, there's a team in there called the pin killers. (laughs) And they uh, they are basically a uh, team that is now the champions of the bowling alley. And uh, what they're doing is basically killing whole planets when they beat a team from that planet. (laughs) And then they they capture the... uh... So, basically... Buddy has explained to them that if they lose, they'll be disintegrated. <coughs> and uh, Earth will like basically no longer exist. 
and Buddy is the uh, the kindly old owner that works in the place. Um, I, I, still trying to figure out this whole you know new uh, league rules here. <laughs> Anyways, while this while this yeah. is while this is going on, Nate and OG Zari are on uh, <laughs> are on a date in Alaska with some uh, really annoying um with a really annoying couple that they ran into who are these type of people that you know bring everything to the campsite, all the amenities of home. Make right. it, make it kind of pointless to be camping, you know. So uh, it's uh, it's kind of weird what's going on. Anyway, so uh, what? Uh, and then this one, the and the girl says rock and roll to everything. Yeah, I know that's yeah. It was cringy. Anyway, so. <laughs> Because uh, nobody responded, Hoochie Koo. Yeah, exactly. If if you or I were there, we would just pop out of a tree and go, Hoochie Koo! Yeah. And then we'd be done. It was, uh, we get thrown thro- out of the campground because we don't have, you know, we weren't there. We didn't pay to get there. We just showed up, you know? I was, at, so. I, I was at work the other night, and my friend Bill, I said, rock and roll. And then he said, rock and roll, hoochie coo. Oh. And I was like, you're, you're awesome, Bill. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So, he got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, the... Uh, the so, so, so they're basically in the process of trying to figure out what's going on because they noticed that, like... Things are getting dark, things are getting light, and different things like that, because they realize that basically above them is the holes in the ball of the <laughs> which is right. actually which is actually Earth. Something I never thought I'd say in my life. Yeah. The holes in the ball are earth. <laughs> They're earth. Okay. Anyway, so um <laughs> <laughs> they, they're trying to they're trying to figure out a way to f- fix things while also trying to navigate their relationship and their long distance relationship, basically. You know, because I mean, we've all dated somebody who's stuck inside of a totem. You know. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Um, yeah. You know, you meet someone. Then you forget about that someone because the timeline had completely changed and all of your memories of that person are just completely washed away. Instead, all those new memories are put on that person's sibling. So whatever you had, you just thought, oh, this is my new reality. This old reality doesn't even exist, never happened. But then you start remembering stuff from your old reality. And then you're like, oh, there is another person on this time ship. And I got now I got a video of her telling telling him to go find her happens all the time, dude. Yeah, I mean, it happened to me like four times in college. I mean, I don't know. So, yeah. So, um, anyways, um, we basically have them searching a way to fix things. While on the ship, um, Constantine is trying to save things by magic. All the while, Gary is trying to distract Ava from realizing that Sarah and the rest are missing. (laughs) 
by helping her find the perfect wedding dress. Because <laughs> the wave rider can't find Earth, basically, because it's stuck inside of this bowling alley. Right. <laughs> this is the weirdest fucking episode in a while, man. Um, no, it is. It, I was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, this is a bowling alley, really? This is where we're going. I mean, I know they've had some weird episodes before, but man, I never thought I would see a bowling alley, a cosmic. It's probably called cosmic bowling, is what they called it. Um, yeah, that's the kind of bowling they were doing. Yeah. Which in reality is usually when you turn the lights off and you got like glow bowling and stuff. Anyway, so, um, but, uh, you know. Um, so, what else is happening here in the bowling alley? Um, they, uh, the. The legends. So, like when they when they showed up, they already had uniforms that said the legends on the back of shirts or whatever. Um, they're not doing so well. Um, Mick refuses to take his gloves off, um, so he's not really bowling that well. He doesn't doesn't even like bowling anyway. Um, Spooner's really good at bowling because she's she's played it you know a lot over the years. Um, Astra's you know. Okay, um, Sarah is pretty good. So, you know, it's not looking good for them because, you know, you got these um, pin killers um, who pretty much probably play all the time. I mean, they have like yeah. and 15. They're, and they're led by a guy named Mike the Strike. Like Mike the Strike. <laughs> more which, of a douchebag. Which, 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 by the way, I am not adopt, adopting that name by any means. Good, yeah, I was, I was hoping. I was hoping that you wouldn't start calling yourself Mike Strike. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mike the Strike. Yeah, and like he, he like he has like slick back hair. Like he looks like some dude from like the sixties. Like, um, just looks like a stereotypical douchebag bowler. Yeah, I guess he, he, he kind of looks like he would he would have he would he like would have been a member of the uh, of the T Birds in Greece or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, you know, so they're, they're kicking the legends' ass, of course, because you know that's all they do all day is bowl, I guess. And um, uh, Sarah's, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, how to pull this together because otherwise they're going to just be stuck, you know, as this freaking bowling ball in the trophy case. And um, so she started talking to the guy who, quote, owns the place, but yet he can't make up his own rules about his own establishment, which, again, I guess we shouldn't get into that. But, okay, because, you know, where I come from, the owner of a place sets the rule and then enforces said rules about the establishment. Well, that they maybe the rule that he made was that whoever's in charge of the... Uh, <laughs> whoever's the championship of the league gets to make the rules. Well, yeah, but every smart owner has a, a, a loophole where, you know, in case things, you know, go off the, you know, the ra- tracks, you know. Uh, I mean, that's but, how I became a manager of a McDonald's once by mistake, because I ordered a quarter pounder and they're like, hey, because you ordered a quarter pounder right now, you become a manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, well, okay. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, so... um. So other, you know, she, she's talking to the, the owner, just trying to ask him like her advice or whatever. And he, he he tells her, you know, you know, bowling, you know, is is you know best when you're not really you know thinking about the score and you're just kind of 
know, with friends and stuff like that. So then she gets the idea, you know, to turn off the scoreboard and just, you know, have everyone eat nachos and french fries and like drink sodas and stuff like that and just hang out with each other and not really, you know, pay attention, you know, to the score that much. So they're like, well, you know, it still matters whether we win or lose. And she's like, yeah, I know, but it's like, if we're, you know, like, we're going to, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose no matter what. So we might as well lose while we're having fun instead of like, you know, going crazy over whether or not, you know. Yeah. And, and Astra has to start bowling too because of the fact that uh, Spooner hurt herself. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She jammed her hand, her fingers. Uh, yeah. That's right. So it's right because yeah, she was sitting the game out earlier. And, um, yeah. So, um, Ava eventually finds out, you know, what's going on because she hears, like, the time ship rumble. So Gary ends up spilling the beans as he does eventually whenever Ava gives him a stern look. Gary always just ends up completely falling apart. So because Gary's got, like, a weird quasi-crush. I wouldn't even say a crush. Almost like a admiration. Like, it's it's more like an idol, idol, and, uh, idolization sort of thing. Yeah. So he always ends up spilling the beans whenever he can't keep holding the secret anymore and um, tells her what's going on that, you know, trying to find a perfect wedding dress was pretty much a ruse just to keep her busy or whatever. And um, they end up, uh, John ends up, his magic spell sort of works, but it just kind of takes them where they think that, you know, Earth might be close to. And that's when they see the bowling alley just kind of like the distance from the ship. And they're like, you know, what's this about or whatever. So then, like, um, Ava ends up knocking on the door to the bowling alley, and uh, the owner says, you know, that she's, she can't come in because you have to have an invitation, uh, i.e. that stupid box thing, I guess, was the invitation. And uh, But Sarah, you know, explains to her what's going on, that, you know, these bowling balls are actually planets, and uh, they they have to beat the pen killers in order to salvage the, the Earth slash bowling ball and every time they bowl so um every time mike to strike um bowls i you see what's going on at earth so like the ball is going down the the lane but then like earth is rumbling like earthquakes and stuff like that and like uh you know when it hit the pins it like actually split like some of the land like you know apart from each other yeah makes sense yeah, I mean, as you would. And at one point, too, they're like, doesn't that cloud look like Mick? <laughs> you know, at one point. <laughs> they always look like Mick. Um, anyway, yeah. so um, so basically, that, then we have, uh, we have a situation where Zari ends up shooting at Mike the Strike's finger, disrupting a role, allowing Sarah's team to defeat the pin colors. Oh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> And so then they, you know, they restore Earth. And uh, Nate reassures Zari, OG Zari, that is, of his desire to be with her forever, you know. He's not going to let the long distance get in their way. Yeah, uh, man. And uh, then we have... uh, Um... We have all of the legends get together at the bowling alley, 
and have a team picture taken. <laughs> and uh, Buddy notices Constantine, and he worries that his power could be the death of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. since you know he's all about energy. He, yeah, he can sense that John's kind of got some darkness going on, you know, from the the juicing, you know. <clears throat> yep. So yep. that's that episode. Um, do you want to take a break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and we'll do some speculation for both uh, Stargirl and Legends? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guests every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Hope to see you there. And we are back. Okay, so in uh, back. Um, speculation here, Matt. Um, so Stargirl Season 2, every episode is called uh, Summer School. And so Summer School Part 2 <laughs> takes... Uh, hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so basically... Uh, Basically, in Summer School Chapter 2, Chapter 2, I, I should say, they're calling them chapters, um, it will see uh, Courtney continuing her duties as Stargirl and probing the town for villains. And then uh, Cindy is going to start her recruitment for people of the G- JSA. And then we'll also learn more about the history and motivations of Green Lantern's daughter. And, uh, yep. So we also have a possibility of the season of the shade showing up. He was teased at the end of last season. Richard Swift. Yes. No relation to Taylor Swift, as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's a little bit of uh, what is to come in the second episode. What do you see happening here? What, what uh, my, my main thing is this, do you think that, the guy that Joel McHale is playing is the real Sylvester or a lookalike. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, 
I mean, it you know, if it is him, <clears throat> I don't understand why he would try to find Pat because I mean he he told them you know to take the staff and to find someone who's worthy of it. So my my, my concern is if it is him that he's going to think like the staff just belongs to him now because he's Starman and is going to be like a power grab between him and Courtney where the staff chose Courtney and she's the new yeah. star wielder. You know, um, yeah. It's hard to say where that, this is going. I mean, it's hard to say if he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy. I'm sensing bad guy myself just because I know the way the CW shows work, but um, <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. He kind of does have a, a sort of calculating, cold aspect to his personality that he wasn't acting like. I mean, granted, we only saw like five minutes of him in the first episode of the first season, but like, yeah, he didn't really have like that kind of man on a mission, just like he, asking questions and like he, he's coming you know. across kind of smarmy, like uh, like Joel McHale tends to do sometimes, even though he's totally not that way. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I'm thinking that maybe you know, I mean, one 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 speculation is that he could have been uh, a maybe a bad version of that character from a different timeline or something, or you know, like a evil Starman from like Earth Four or some something, you know? Or yeah, because he could have got <clears throat> stuck there after Crisis, or he could be maybe he's like a long lost twin um, <laughs> that figured out his family secret. Um, who knows? Right. You know. It's hard to say. I mean, that, that that's my main my main uh, wonder about yeah. the future. Um, as much as it's kind of cool to see, like uh, Star Girl. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Green Lantern's daughter and other people, you know, coming about. But it's like I really just want to know what's going on there with Sylvester. So, suffering Sukatash. Wait, no, that's a different Sylvester. Yeah, um, owned by the same company though. So, my my hope is that he turns into Sylvester the cat. <laughs> Do you think that'll happen? <laughs> may, hey, am I? I mean, what if one of these people has the ability to transform objects or whatever? Um, he can he can turn into Sylvester and Tweety, and uh, he could. Tr- <laughs> Courtney turns into Tweety, and then you know we got a whole. So, yeah. My, my other thing though is I, I'm really looking forward to 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 why. Cindy thinks Mike would be a good candidate for uh, for the new ISA. That's that's yeah. really interesting. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, be, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes, and I hope it's going to positive ways. And I really don't want anything bad to happen to Mike because he's like one of my favorite characters. So yeah, I know me too. So, but you know, maybe they'll give him some meat to play on, and he'll be a you know. A uh, little, a uh, little <laughs> bit of a villain. Who knows? Um, maybe it'll right. be, oh. be fun. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just thought something too. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it was. It could have just been, you know, coincidence. But when, um, when um, Pat's talking about, you know, the vacation, he's trying to, you know, talk it up with Mike, you know, to get him on board or whatever. He he mentions the fact that they can. Right on jet skis, <laughs> like yes, because <laughs> Luke Wilson. Oh, it's probably just coincidence, but I just thought that it, was it could be. But it's also it's interesting to know that both uh, Loki and Star Girl were filming at the same time in Georgia. 
And Luke and Owen Wilson. Luke and Owen Wilson were sharing a house at the time. They were both filming the same the, the shows okay. at the same time. So, you know, while Luke was filming this, his brother was filming Loki. So, and and uh, and uh, and I guess uh, I, I read an interview with uh, with with Luke where he was saying that uh, that basically his uh, his nephews, Owen's kids, are not impressed that either one of their relatives are in superhero shows. Oh, <laughs> but the lot. <laughs> They'll watch them and they love them, but they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the uh, yeah, one thing we did forget about is Cameron was in the episode too. Forgot about that. And, oh yeah, and and we're trying to you know, and his grandparents were watching him while he was about to repaint the um, Blue Valley Tires sign. So. And uh, Courtney kind of interacted with him, and they were sort of, you know, worried about that. The one was worried, and the other one wasn't. So it's hard to say. And it's yeah, really, and, and, and it's really wor- weird that the moment I said tires, an ad for Firestone tires came up on my computer. Whoa. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> Right, you should mention um, pizza right now. See if you get a, a ad for like Papa John's or something. I love pizza. You love Papa John's or Marco's? I like Marco's best, but uh, okay. Yeah, nothing's coming up. Anyway, so okay. um, <laughs> it was still the still the ti- still the tire ad. Anyway, so that was just weird though. Um, a- anywho, um, so. Uh, now to Legends. Um, in the next episode of uh, Legends, the uh, um, what we have going on is that uh, Constantine um, lights up. It says lights up Gideon's life a little too much. Our Legends are stuck traveling slow mo on their way back home to save on energy. So with a ton of time to kill and the chance that. At any moment, any one of them could snap. So it's kind of like a sounds like a bottle episode sort of thing. Suggest yeah. um, um, Gary suggests a murder mystery game as a distraction. But as you're about to see in the following images here, sorry, I'm reading the same thing. Um, um, the episode is called "Board on Board on Board." Yeah, with different spellings of each of those things. Um, basically, it ends up becoming what was a fun, innocent time killer becomes something much, much worse after Constantine attempted to jazz things up a bit. So it looks like Constantine is going to uh, use his magic and mess with things, and things are going to go haywire. I think this is basically what, what's leading to is like says something about Gideon where he's lighting up Gideon because we know that Gideon is becoming a sentient being next season, like like a, oh. like, a, like, a like an actual human, <laughs> so nice. or, or humanoid character I should say, um, and the actress is joining the cast as one of the main characters. So and we do nice. and we do know cool. that and we do know that Matt Ryan is going to be playing a different character next season. So we'll see right. what 
this seems to be like what's leading to that. So that's my main speculation is to see how they wrap things up for Constantine. Which I'm really sad about, but oh well. Yeah, me too. Um, I hope they don't kill him off or something like that, but... It's it's seeming like they're going to. (laughs) Yeah. In my fear. But we'll see what happens. In my fear. In my fear, in my ear. (laughs) It's all I hear, my dear. (laughs) Is that clear? Okay, anyway, so, um... We'll see what happens there. I just, I mean, that's my main... My main wondering is, like, how they're going to wrap things up for Matt Ryan in this character and introduce his next character. Yeah. So, uh... Any, uh... Any speculations on your part about what's going to go on? Um... No, I think that's pretty much the things you mentioned too. Like, um, you know, John's magic might go, will, might take his magic a little too far or something. Or yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's um, kind of left this one sort of open ended, so there's not much. To, yeah, I mean, uh, I I, I, th- I think something's going to happen with him and Zari, and he might hurt her or something. You know, and that who knows what'll happen. You know, right. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll get rid of Zari 2.0 and bring Zari 1.0 back. No, no, I like I, I like new Zari. I know I, <laughs> I, I I do too, but who knows what they'll do? You know what I mean? <laughs> as long as they keep her on the show because she's beautiful and I love her as an actress, I'm good. So, um, oh yeah, she's really good. I mean, yeah, because she can yeah. play mm-hmm. two different, two different, completely different personality types. I mean, like yeah. it's like hard to even like when you have them two. Like when you have each character, like you don't even assume that they're the same person. Like you know what I mean? It's um, it's hard to hard to say, but I do know that I like her as an actress. Tala Ash is really cool. Okay, anything else here, Matt? Before we wrap things up? Yeah, I just wanted to play some some little bit sleepy time music for the legends, so they can lay down gently and have a nice nap. The time okay. shift. Okay. Okay. It's just, um, Gary the Alien wrote this song, and I'm playing it on his behalf. beautiful okay folks now be sure to check out our patreon follow us on social media um 
you know, do what's best for yourself. Sleep well. You know, wear a mask. Wear a condom. <laughs> and bye-bye. Sleep tight. Don't let the bedbugs bite. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com. Thank you.